The spring 2021 semester proved just how murky the details surrounding the duties and responsibilities of a university president can get, which has put a lot of weight on the shoulders of the search committee. Though many have been skeptical about the search process for a new university president, a new campus-wide forum will now consider the thoughts and demands directly from students. I'm Will Kronsberg. And I'm Finn Carlin. You're listening to In The Loop with SGTV News 4. This podcast is a part of Garney Media Group's podcast network. Garney Media Group is the collective partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcasts and other student work on garnetmedia.org. As interim university president Harris Pastides steps into office for the time being, the presidential search committee now has some big steps to take. While recent hires for the position have received backlash from the campus and local communities, the university is now offering the chance for students to share their thoughts in a new forum. Also, leaders in South Carolina are rejecting a push for door-to-door vaccination efforts by the White House, which they call a government intimidation tactic. And Dr. Anthony Fauci says that we do not yet know if a COVID booster shot will be needed for those who have already been vaccinated. Stick with us, we'll keep you in the loop. An email recently sent out by the university to the student body details a campus-wide virtual meeting hosted by student body president Alex Harrell. The meeting, which took place on Monday, was the first initiative to include students in the search for a new university president, allowing them to directly voice their thoughts, concerns, and demands. After former university president Bob Caslin initially received criticism from the campus community due to his lack of a professional educational background, this recent meeting was meant to see what qualifications should be desired of the next hire. With the presidential search process now underway, students were allowed to weigh in on what they want in a university president, both personally and professionally. SGTV News 4 Tyler Fedor was present at the forum and joins us now to speak more about what happened that night. Tyler, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing good, Finn. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. So, Tyler, first, could you simply walk us through the structure of this forum? I mean, we haven't seen a campus-wide meeting with students like this since last summer when the university hosted those town hall events to discuss their COVID response. So how exactly did this go down? So, yeah, the virtual forum held over Microsoft Teams. It was sent out. The link was sent out in the email. It was about 10 minutes. It was led by student body president Alex Harrell. And students who were present would write in the chat what they wanted to say, and Harrell would respond. He'd also give up some points maybe that he'd want to talk about as well. The whole thing revolved around these questions of what academic and professional qualifications should the candidate have, what type of relationship should the candidate have with the students as well. So as forum went on, Harrell would respond to students as they typed things up in the chat, and as well as bring up a few topics himself he'd want to talk about. Wow, yeah, that's really not too too long of a meeting time there between Alex Harrell and the students, but I'm interested to hear in that time what students did have to say both in their thoughts and demands for what they want in the next president. You mentioned some of those questions being asked, and what were some of those big questions, and how were they received by Alex Harrell and the moderators? So some things I heard were wanting the candidate to have at least a PhD, a background in diversity and inclusion, and interacting with students on a personal level. Uh, Harrell was pretty supportive. He backed pretty much everything that was said. And one student also said they want the candidate to be a woman uh, and or a person of color, have a background in academic leadership, be approachable and caring, as well as relatable. And those were different phrases and ideas that I heard thrown around or out during the forum. Uh, Harrell would pretty much just read them off from the chat. Yeah, you mentioned a background in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that's something that 
students here at the university have been pushing for to be more of a campus-wide initiative for years. And we saw that the USC chapter of the NAACP also sent out a letter to that presidential search committee asking for diversity, equity, and inclusion to be considered during the process. But did Harrell or the moderators give any indications on how these thoughts from students would be considered or if they have made any headway in finding someone to fill the role? So it wasn't a direct answer to the whole, how will this uh, feedback be taken in? But Harrell did say more forums would be held in the future with not just students, but also on-campus leaders and USC system leaders as well. And for process updates, he said that the search committee is in the process of selecting a search firm and not sure of the timeline of that though. They just said they're still in the process of that. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Having me on. Now, everyone loves a good classic tale or story, right? Kind of like the Star Wars movies, old cars, or even a good book, some things just naturally stand the test of time. But what about something living through both the time and the elements? Now, if you're scratching your head, just wait until you hear this. Conservationists just found a rare historic canoe in some river rapids along the South Carolina-Georgia line, now planning to put it on display. What's even more fascinating is that archaeologists from USC estimate the canoe to be around 200 to 250 years old, which, according to reporting done by Charlotte's 90.7 radio station, can shed light on life in the 1700s. Canoes this old are hardly ever dug up along the Chattooga River, the rapids along the South Carolina-Georgia border where it was found. Now, experts say that this canoe may have been hollowed out with a hatchet or an axe, which leads them to believe that it may come from Native American origin or maybe after Europeans settled in the southeast. Though there's a shroud of mystery surrounding this canoe, it was quite a find for the Chattooga Conservancy and will now be preserved on display for all to see. Though just under half of the U.S. population is fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and another 7% have received at least one dose, more protection may still be needed. Pfizer is already seeking FDA approval for a third booster shot, but the CDC, FDA, and Dr. Anthony Fauci have all said they remain unsure if or when Americans may need another vaccine. According to reporting done by CNN, Fauci stated recently that based on current data, fully vaccinated Americans, regardless of which vaccine they chose to get, do not yet need a booster for COVID-19, but that this could change with further study. While the CDC, FDA, and Dr. Fauci alongside the U.S. Drug Administration are in agreement at this time, Fauci stated that he is worried that if the CDC, FDA, or both recommend that Americans get a third booster shot too soon, it could cause the public to lose trust in the organizations, accusing them of flip-flopping. Fauci added that as data changes and new information is made available, recommendations will change, but it is best not to speak too soon. After coming up short of his goal of 70% of Americans vaccinated by Independence Day, President Joe Biden highlighted the need for door-to-door outreach to unvaccinated Americans as crucial to emerging from the pandemic. However, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster went public over the weekend in stark disagreement with the president, calling targeted and unannounced visits to Americans' homes coercion and intimidation. McMaster believes that such pressure from the government will ultimately erode public trust rather than building up a united population moving away from the pandemic. And McMaster is not alone in his criticisms, as state officials in Missouri and Arizona have also expressed worry over the government interfering in private lives. 
Biden and his team are undeterred, however, with press secretary Jen Psaki saying the lack of progress in educating the population on the continued dangers of the virus is literally killing people. On the other hand, Republicans in Congress have taken harsh stances on these vaccination efforts. Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote on Twitter that, quote, people don't need your medical brown shirts showing up at their door ordering vaccinations, a reference to Adolf Hitler's Nazi soldier uniforms in World War II. This disagreement between federal and state leaders as vaccine rates plateau underscores yet another difference of opinion in how to finally end the major threat of COVID-19 in the United States. To tell us even more now is News 4 reporter Calista Yost. How are you, Calista? I'm doing great, Will. How are you? I'm doing all right. But Calista, to start, can you give us an idea of what exactly the White House was planning with this grassroots door-to-door strategy to boost vaccinations? Well, President Biden said he wants to take this effort community by community and neighborhood by neighborhood. The idea is to send in volunteer groups of trusted community members who will have one-on-one conversations with other members of the community who are a little hesitant to get vaccinated. So that strategy makes sense in terms of really getting on the ground and helping boost vaccinations. But we know that vaccines are something of a political issue in 2021 at the federal level. So what were the governor's specific concerns about this plan? Republicans, especially McMaster, are really concerned that federal officials are going to be the ones going door to door, prying into Americans' personal lives. However, White House officials have denied those claims and are insisting that federal officials will not be the ones knocking on citizens' doors. So like we alluded to, the White House is not exactly satisfied with where vaccination rates are at this point in the summer. But with McMaster's reservations about this door-to-door strategy, how does he plan to pick things back up? Well, as of right now, McMaster's stance is that vaccination is a very personal choice and not a place for the government to impede. So it doesn't appear that he's making a big push right at this moment. SCDHEC is still encouraging vaccinations, though. The director, Dr. Edward Skimmer, stressed how important it is for South Carolinians to understand that by not getting vaccinated, they could be putting themselves or their loved ones at risk. Calista, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Thank you. If you're feeling like you haven't branched out enough lately, fear not, because you're going to want to experience these upcoming local events to expand your senses. That's right. Not only are there live concerts and productions coming up, but the Gourmet Shop Cafe is hosting their week-long Bastille Day celebration to get to work those taste buds with some French cuisine. Now, it started this past Monday, but it's going through Saturday, July 18th, and each day it's from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's, like I said, it's at the Gourmet Shop Cafe at 724 Saluda Avenue. You can enjoy specials, tastings, and features that showcase our love for all things French, including cheeses, wine, cookware, and more. So, you know, we have those live concerts to have something pleasing to your ear. We have those live productions that I'm going to be talking about a little later to something that's pleasing to the eye and to the ear as well, you know, because some of those music in those live productions is really nice. But now we have something that's going to be great for your taste, and that's going to be this 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 French cuisine. Do you, do you like French food, Will? I wouldn't say I'm the most adventurous eater, but, uh, but I mean, French food sounds pretty good. The cheese is obviously... Uh, French bread. And uh, I mean, this is definitely something to be excited about with Bastille Day this week. I I had forgotten and then seeing this really helped me remember. So I'm actually pretty excited about um, some, some fun French celebrations this week. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I'm not trying to be basic here or anything, but you can't go wrong with a nice French baguette or a nice buttery French croissant, especially in the mornings with your coffee. You can't go wrong with that. So this kind of event is going to be really great to go to. Exactly. But if French food, French 
wine, whatever it may be, is not exactly your taste and you're looking for more something that's going to please your eyes or ears, we have some a new entry on the Columbia concert scene. The Tiny Alley concert series is starting up this week, this Thursday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, it's going to be hosted by the City Market at 705 Gervais Street between Gromarks and Small Sugar. And this is going to be recurring every Thursday from 6 to 7. But it opens this week with a young band, Opus and the Frequencies, composed of USC alumni. I listened to their song, uh, Fam, I think it was called. And actually, I'm really excited about this particular concert in Columbia. Yeah, I also heard their song, Fam, on Spotify. And firstly, I gotta say, their logo is super cool. I love how they have that nice yellow and black mixture, and they have the the little sound frequency by the Opus name. Um, but Fam is a really, really jazzy single, and I'm really excited to see what kind of music that they're going to be pulling out here. Now, I'm not trying to compare them to other groups too terribly much, but there is another group that I listen to that's a bit more well-known called Busty in the bass and they have very similar jazz sounds especially on their single it's called up top so if you get the chance after this you should definitely go listen to that i i found a lot of similarities between opus and the frequencies and that song by busty and the bass but either way i love jazz music so i might have to swing down from charlotte and see really see what this group has to offer you know i mean i think this is a a great time to get in and see this band because like i mentioned they're kind of newer on the scene they really only have that one song on spotify but if you go to this concert you might hear a little bit more from them, a little bit of a bigger selection and a chance to get in on the ground floor. Yeah, exactly. And even if they're just doing covers, you can see, you can still experience what Opus and the Frequencies has to offer in terms of their own unique sound. But if you're wanting to hear a bit of a different sound other than concerts, there is a town theater production of Cinderella coming up from July 16th through August 1st at 7.30 p.m. each night, recurring every Thursday through Sunday each week. And each night, like I said, it's going to be at 7.30 p.m. And it's based on the Broadway adaptation of Cinderella. So I'm personally pretty excited for this. I haven't seen a live play in so long because we haven't been able to go to many live performances or productions due to COVID, of course. And so being able to see anything in a theater, especially a movie or a play, is super great. That experience is just, you, you, you can't recreate it any other way. I know personally, I've been getting back just recently to going to movies in, in movie theaters. Obviously, these, uh, these stage theaters are a little bit older, which has been a little bit concerned with COVID, but it's a great time especially being vaccinated, to get back and and see something. And this is a little bit different than the original Cinderella, um, but it's based on the Broadway adaptation. So, uh, I mean, I think this will be a really good show to to dip back into the, the theaters in Columbia. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, these theater productions are held indoors. And since this is recurring every Thursday through Sunday, I know that there are some storms coming up this weekend. So you might be able to dodge the rain and see a nice show. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Will? Well, this week, it's going to be partially cloudy into the weekend. But that Saturday sun that you'll see might fool you because Sunday storms are close behind and will continue into early next week. The high for today is 91, and the low will be 72, so you can get out and enjoy the city before that wet weather comes around on Sunday. Over in the stock market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 107 points, the NASDAQ decreased by 55 points, and the S&P 500 fell by 15 points. Keep you in the loop, I'm Will Kronsberg. And I'm Finn Carlin. You're listening to SGTV News 4. Join us next week to stay in the loop.